cut to the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? If you're drowning and I throw you a life jacket, would you grab it? Yes, good. Pick up 200 shares. I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask them how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they gonna say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? You're going to make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive. Learn how to push. Show them a 3% return. I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know that. That's it. I'm done. Well, no page, Tyson Jacks. I'm Tom Alf. A little late this morning. We got these technical issues. SP Futures up 13. NASDAQ is up 49. As the the new AT and T phone lines, uh, God, I can't stand AT and T. Anyway, do we have Joel? Joel, are you there? I'm thinking Joel's not there. We do have Greg Pappas in the studio. Made it. Um, I don't think your mic is on. But uh, there you go. Now your mic is on. Oh, so at least sorry. we got the, the yeah. bo- we got the us, as they say in the South Side. The us. Um, and the market's up. And the market's up. Yes. Uh-oh. <laughs> yes. We're, we're, for those who don't know what we're trying to do, we're trying to get Joel in through the Zoom. We're trying to bypass the phone system, which Matt, Matt Byrne was able to do yesterday, but uh, we have to obviously upgrade I'm the here. Phone. There you are, bud. Yeah, what's going on, guys? You guys uh, stepping up here to new technology, or what's going on? Uh, let's just say it might be a force setup since big the old tech technology. Might, might be getting an additional subscription. Yeah, big tech might be getting an additional subscription is right. Uh you Actually, going video? You going video on me? Uh, no. We could. Okay. We could. Okay. We could. But so, o- only those that don't have a face for radio get to go on, though. That'd be you. Okay. So what's going on, Chief? I just got the email. You guys are prompt as usual at seven thirty-three, and uh, what do you? And you got a co-host with you today? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't we catch had his to. Name. Well, Greg, tech Greg Pappas, he he comes in on Monday usually, but since he's also. Just somewhat of a to tech, sure. tech support. Want to make sure it worked from yesterday, so he's been helping Andrew out. So, but he's okay. a uh, he's a commodity trader. He's a he's a he's a crush expert. Trade the beans. Got a lot. Trades of the beans. Yeah. And he does. He, he this, trades the crush. Wasn't there a Pappas Financial a long time ago? It might have been the relative that he's in the, I don't in the know. will. He doesn't know yet. Greeks and Greeks and uh, money don't always go well together. <laughs> so, so Joe, we had the horrible week last week. We've had we we're all, we we're down on the year on the Dow as of Friday. Now we're trying to leak back up here. What are you thinking? I uh, I don't know. Yesterday, I mean, you know, the uh, you know last week, I was I wasn't too surprised about because we didn't get. Well, overall, we haven't had great numbers, right? And well, right. you know, for the earnings, and then the inflation numbers were really not that good. But everyone took Paul's speeches as like dovish, and I, I just kind of thought it was just you know kind of kind of towing the line. So last week's sell off didn't really surprise me. I uh, thought we'd go down a little bit further. We're just trying to recover. I think we're just going to come into a period where we're not going to get crushed. We're not going to go back down to thirty five hundred, nor are we going to clear forty two hundred with with you know with velocity. I think. I think the market's just in a digestion period. People are, you know, coming off COVID, coming off 2021, getting crushed in 22. People are conditioned for like a momentum and breakout market, and it's not all. You know, you know, there's be there could be years on end where the market's just, you know, in trading ranges, and you have to uh, adjust your, you know, your trading style. So that's kind of what it feels like today. More inside days. Uh, we did take out the low by just a few ticks this morning. So, 
I think you got to adjust. And, you know, if you're looking for long-term investing, I mean, you know, I know, I know you're losing out to inflation, but, you know, T-bills out there, CDs, depends how long you lock up your money, you know, 4 to 5%. Mm, I don't know, Chief. That's a... Uh, that's not a bad return, and look what you're risking, and then, you know, what are you going to put into the market? So that's my view. I think it's just going to be a blah market. Yeah, I think it's, it, might, it might be as well. I mean, we've seen that. Um, no, it's not really blah when you're 2% a couple days a week, you know, I mean, it's or 1.5% a couple days a week. It's, I don't think I've ever seen days that were 1.5% that are just boring. I mean, all of a sudden at 10 o'clock, you race to the number, whatever it is, and then you sit there till 3 yeah and then yeah there's there's reversals you know you have your morning reversals and everything but uh you know the average trade you know i know you look at the vix you do get those occasional pops but um i don't know chief it's a it's a tough investing environment right now and if you're you know a long-term investor and you're you're investing based on valuations in the market i mean this is not a cheap market there may be some cheap stocks up there out there but you know, overall, you know, we're staying in a we're trading in a historically high valuation, so it's hard to get super excited about the long side. Well, what uh, you know, what's surprising, Joel? I mean, it, it, there's always the market that's moving, and people's reaction to it. And you know, as you know, I, I talk to an awful lot of clients and would-be clients, and a lot of people you don't, you know, some people you just don't want as clients. I mean, I won't say that. I mean, somebody does, but they don't necessarily. Uh, fit with me because they, you know, they want to make a fortune in like next week, and it's not, you know, my my program is more a protected thing, and if we want to get aggressive, we can, but in a, in you know, in a, a rational way, I like to think uh-huh. anyway. But uh, I, I've I've seen people that, you know, they've got these these Fang stocks that that they were up, you know, for God's sake, some people are up over the last few years like a million bucks, and they've given, you know, eight hundred of it back, and they just like, okay, I'm like, I, I've never seen. Then they might complain to their money manager and, and look around, maybe try and find another guy. But they don't have any. There, there's not any sort of a shakeout. Like, oh no, I don't want to be in Tesla anymore. Or, oh no, I don't want to do this. I mean, oh no, these these stocks are coming back, and I'm, I'm good for a while, long term, and all this. It's like, what are we like? What are we talking about? You know, it's like, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. It's know? a Fed pivot, you know. I, I mean, it just people are so so far ahead of themselves, you know. The feds are, you know, they're going to get inflation under control. Rates are going to stop going, you know, they're going to flatten out and, you know, stop stop going out, flatten out, and then they're coming down. And it just, you know, it keeps going far, farther and farther, you know, that, that we're saying this. And uh, I don't know. I just don't think, you know, I, I just don't think the Fed is just going to be bailing us out this time. I think those uh, historically low rates that you saw were uh, an anomaly. I mean, of course, I don't think we're going back up to you know, 10, 12, 14%. But, uh, well, it, people are just going to, it's a different market. It's a different investor environment. And if you're not tempering your expectations, then you're going to be disappointed. So, I, you know, I, we talk, a lot of the a lot of the other guests are, are much more aggressive on the misinformation, you know, we're, we're getting. And it's, it's to me, it's, it's, it's really, I mean, as you know, I'm a monetarist at heart. It's scary to me that we, we never... We've never really educated, when I say we, people that should know better. I mean, when I say educated, hey, if, if I listen to somebody on there who, who knows a lot about meteorology, and I don't know anything about it, I listen to him or her and the weather report, and I learn something. You know, but I, when it comes to the, you know, the inflation piece or stuff, 
and the, what the Fed's doing for for like the year and a half or two, they've been quote fl- fighting inflation. They were still less than. I mean, when, when you go from zero percent to point seven five, you one hand, oh my God, we just raised the rates point <laughs> seven five. The simple fact is point seven five is is incredibly nothing. well. Not only it's nothing, it's it's con- it would be considered incredibly expansive. You're not fighting anything there. You're not fighting anything at one and a half. You're not fighting anything at two and a quarter. Maybe now at five, you're just starting to, you know, the last couple of times we're slightly above what I would consider to be equilibrium. I would say equilibrium on a risk-free rate is probably what three and a half, three seven five. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we're and now we're five. So we're, we're just starting to fight some. But this is not a criticism, of anybody. But this is, is is you know, as Jack Webb used to say, these are the facts, man. You know, just the fact. I mean, that is the truth. We're just starting to fight it. And, and oh, by the way, in some areas it's, it's increasing. In other areas, I think they actually, the, the inflation right now is actually is lower, the, the rate of change of prices. But they've been left, they've got this price level I don't think many people can deal with. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think one thing that, you know, is the, the, the way that, you know, of course rates have moved up, but it's like the, the pace of the increase it was, was rapid. We yeah. haven't seen anything like that. And it's going to take a while to fare things out. And, uh, you know, they'll probably go keep going a quarter. And, you know, some people are saying a half. I mean, they're all over the spectrum. But, it, man, it takes a long time for this to, you know, to take effect and to move through the economy. So... Um, I think I think investors just have to be patient. Um, you know, besides like you know, if you talk about valuations and you know whatever inflation, it's not the greatest geopolitical um, oh, environment that we've been in. So a lot of different factors going. But Chief, uh, fun joining you on Zoom. Yeah. You sound great. Let me know what the plan is for next week. And uh, nice meeting you there, Greg. And um, well, you know, I'm not yeah. I'm not a Zoom guy, but I'll tell you what, the, the clarity's better. I know. I can definitely tell. I can tell the difference. But uh, we didn't get to talk any hoops. But uh, go blue, Michigan's got to be the. They got to be Illinois. Are you think they're in? No, right now, man. All the pundits are saying no. I think we got to win one out of the next two at least, and win a a game or two in the NCAA or in the Big Ten tournament. We're just not getting any love. It's. it's a little alarming, even after we beat Wisconsin in that thriller. So. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think for a second that Michigan's not one of the top sixty-four teams. I mean, this, this, they yeah, got to fix this tournament somehow. Okay, go blue. I'll All talk right, to take you guys care, next bud. week. Uh, SP Futures up twelve. Nasdaq Futures up forty-six. Go for a quick break here. Come back and uh, we'll see what Andrew's got for us there for the break. He's working over there like a like a surgeon. I'm just glad he's not operating on us. What do you think, Greg? Uh, anyway, we'll be right back. Starks and Jacks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. 
Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. There's something happening here. Lord and welcome Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Howell. We have Greg Pappas in the studio. Andrew's working on getting uh, Professor Snar here, and I think he'll be successful with that. Uh, SP Futures up 12, Nasdaq Futures up 47. We've got uh, actually no individual. We've got uh, Costco who had, uh, who had earnings, right? Uh, they're down two bucks, so uh, that's nothing. You got to tell you what, if it's there, that's a big winner for the good guys because mm-hmm. I got the 45 puts. Did uh, was it Target also? Oh, actually, no, no, I didn't do I didn't do a Costco. I did a Target. Yeah, Target's up two bucks. That'll be fine too. Yeah, another um, good one today. Yeah, uh, is uh, Target's numbers HP. Target's numbers are already out, right? I didn't see. I think they might be. I know that they were supposed to be like around a dollar thirty-nine. Yeah, let's. Uh, well, we'll see what the. We see. I'll, I'll go to the the other page. What? Which was the, uh, <laughs> a lot lower than last year, but. Yeah. You know, what? Uh, what do you? Things change. We have uh, election day here in Chicago, and it's it, to say that it's been a. Uh, uh, you know. I think what seven to seven, or when when do uh, when do polls open? Six or there. They're, uh, I think they open yeah. at s- eight, eight to seven, or no, they open at six. I six, think. six to seven. The uh, Vallis was polling, I think, around twenty-five percent, and then. Uh, well, I told you Brandon the story about Johnson the. Uh, had, had I was supposed to be going to uh, one of his his uh, you know contribute. What do you call those things? Contri- fundraiser parties. As he started doing better, the price kept going up. The price. I said no. <laughs> I walked into one on accident. Uh, Let's see, a couple, a week and a half or two weeks ago, it was at Greek Islands, and they were all in the side room. I said, "Huh, how about that?" Yeah. <laughs> well, it was supposed to be 150 to 250 to finally to 500. I said, "Yeah." I, I asked about that one. I think it was 250. So. Well, he's uh, I mean, the guy. I I am stunned. Are, are you? Uh, we have a uh, personally. Andrew I'm, Hal is looking for the link here, so he's with us. I don't know if Andrew. Um, so, the uh, what, what do you make of this? I, I you know what I, you know what, Greg. I it, think there's going to be a party for some people if well, Lightfoot an, doesn't make the runoff. Well, as an older duck, I'm going to say that some of the morals here I cannot even. Uh, quack quack. Uh, I can't even. I can't even begin to to mentally compute what's going on with the Chicago Teachers Union running essentially their own candidate. And, Smart and strategy. But They've the, got they have five thousand votes. But they have they, the, the the leadership. From what I understand, has has borrowed against future dues to back this guy, even over a million bucks. Uh, I had saw four hundred and fifteen thousand with no vote. That was interesting. But you know, they're a free country. You can do what you want. Well, I mean, so you can't, I mean, those, I, I bet those people. I'd be stunned if they're not if they're not sued individually. You think? 
I, I'd love to see it. To be honest with you, I, I don't. See but how, if they, but if he the wins, Char- then they're going to be geniuses. I, I don't see him winning. Do you? Well, doesn't matter. But if if he wins, they're you know smart operators. I think there's given the what I think most people's view of the Chicago Teachers Union is that guy has no chance in a runoff of any kind. Well, he's polling second right now. Okay, it's not I, so bad. Uh, I, I I think it's if Alice is twenty five and he's twenty, and that's a okay, huge. I'm win. saying in a runoff, all of a sudden, all this stuff's going to come to light. How much money did you know, and all the, and people will be writing editorials about they had no business doing that. And how he's on, he's still that just paid. par for par for the course in Chicago. Uh, that how that works? This, this is something new. This is something new. The teachers running a candidate. Uh, running one that they're, they're, it's on their payroll and paying for it to that extent. I've never seen anything like that. Oh. Have you? Uh, I just kind of expected that. Oh, God, no. Why not? Seen like that. Well, we're only, just like the third election that we're not we're not doing the regular Democratic Rep- uh, Republican. If you look to your left and right and you see Illinois governors, where are you? Well, you're in jail. In but, jail. <laughs> well, but I'm saying that for, for a union, for people to spend that kind of money on somebody... Is I don't, I don't see how that's in their chart. How do you, how do you not have a vote? I mean, to do that's that? not that much, wasn't uh, Ken Griffin? I don't know, according to our buddy, well, but, but they're spending other people's money. Ken Griffin's spending his own. A big difference. Pritzker spent his own too, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Well, you can give a contribution, but it's well, the teachers union has twenty five thousand members, right? Probably. So if they each contribute, I don't know what are the what are the dues. Uh, I have no idea. It seems like they would have a pretty large war chest if they wanted it. Well, but I, I mean, did they have a vote? I don't think they did. No, not for the half a million or whatever. I'm mean, saying there's got to be some level in their charter that says the, the whoever the board is can spend, you know, five grand without a check. That's we not a public issue, though, is it? Isn't, isn't that just a union issue? Well, okay, but I'm saying there, there, there's there's got to be a, a union charter that says. You know, if you if you had a union of all re- restaurant workers, there'd have to be some limit of what the the elected officials can spend. It's got to be in there. Hmm. Or you, I mean, is it like a union pack? Maybe. I'm saying, but I'm saying every if if, if you work in an organization, I mean, if, uh, even the CBOE. I mean, if I can remember back in those days, I don't know. The 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 the, the, you know, the president could could uh, if you were to say the the uh, controller, you might be able to approve a five thousand dollar expenditure for a new. Something, something, systems, computer, whatever. But if it's ten thousand, you might need to sign off from the president. If it's a hundred thousand, I bet it had to go to the board. I mean, there, there, there's all, there's all kinds. Every, every, every place has stuff like that. I mean, it's not all. I mean, you're, this is not a shop. You're familiar with like restaurants where one guy owns it. If he says buy it, you buy it. Right. Well, that's not the way. It's, it's not, not the, way, the way. It's not the way. Well, I mean, even even in a restaurant. The guy who is in charge of the chicken, if he sees something on sale, he probably can buy extra chicken that week without checking to the boss. But he sure as hell not going to spend a hundred grand on chicken without t- asking the guy, is he? Uh no. You know, maybe. Well, I, you got to have nephew. the trigger finger. Got to be able only to if get he's a nephew. <laughs> only if he's a nephew. Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I'm saying it. I, I I think that there's people that probably say if he wins or he comes in a runoff, I'll bet they let it slide. But if he if he gets clobbered, they're going to say, "Where's our dough?" <laughs> so yeah, going back to the, uh, the if you're going to look real good, if he, if, I mean, I think he's made a lot of progress. So if he's picked up twenty percent, gone from ten to twenty or whatever in the past three weeks, I have that, I, that's I, pretty impressive. The only people I've I've heard that, are, that aren't voting for Vallis or a lot of people like Willie Wilson. Believe it or not, yeah. So he's polling what 
10 or he got 10 last time he might get to 15 this time i'd, I'd be he's uh, ahead of lightfoot yeah i mean i what's what's chewy at uh chewy is third i think now so if he's also around 15 just just because of the numbers i'd sort of be surprised the way there's way it's being split up especially as the one lady alderman's running and she's going to take three percent out of somebody's behind I, I'd be sort of stunned if any of the African American people make it, just because there's so many of them. Just like, just like the uh, last time, how many white guys ran? About six. Yeah, and and surprisingly enough, Vallis came in last. I think it was Chico, and then Vallis was in last. Well, if he if he didn't five percent, if he was running against Daly or any of those guys, he wouldn't beat those guys. Well, yeah, they got they got their butts kicked. Well, they, that's because Joyce ran against Daly just to piss him off. Yeah, <laughs> but Daly was close. It wasn't it. Uh, boy, just memory. I think Laurie was like 92, Preckwinkle was 85, wasn't Daly like 79? So if Joyce wouldn't have run, he'd have, he'd have been in the runoff. He would have been in the runoff, yeah. Um, I mean, Bill Daly, was, I, I think, was a, was, a, was a terrific guy. <clears throat> and I think he was, most people think he was more accomplished than his brother, actually. Because uh, he was in the White House? Well, he was in the White he, he ran a couple of companies. He, was, he actually practiced law. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know if he was ever in a courtroom, but he was a rainmaker for... Was it Winston? Not Winston Strunk. Who's the guys on the guys on the black? Uh, oh, the law firm. Yeah, that was the other yeah. place. Because I, I went over there and met with him one night. Actually, when I was on the board of the seaboat, trying to figure out how much you should pay uh, <coughs> political consultants. How uh, much? How much? Did, and the political consultants ran well, this? Oh uh, no, it was you know uh, lobbyists. I mean, he. I, I was asking Mayor Daly about it, and he <laughs> in the gym, and he goes, "You know, why don't you talk to Billy?" And I go, "I don't know." I mean, I knew Bill was in the gym. I said hello to him once. Well. All of a sudden, kind of an hour later, Bill's assistant calls me. Hey, can you come over at 5 o'clock? And I go, yeah, I was, I was there two hours with the guy. I got an amazing education. I'm sure. Because the CBOE... Uh, Decided to sit this one out, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's, you know, he's getting up there. That didn't seem to stop the current president, uh, presidential well, candidates. I know, but he, <laughs> I think he thinks a bit, the city's a lot worse shaped than four years ago, too. Yeah. But uh, he... But it was a whole thing. The CBOE, just since I started the story, I'll say real quick. CBOE used to have uh, Tommy Boggs was their guy. He was their lobbyist. And he was with Patton, Boggs, and Blow. And if anybody doesn't know, Tommy Boggs was, he just he just died not too long ago. Uh, he he was Hale Boggs' kid. You know who his, you know his sister was? She's oh. She's dead to Cokie Roberts. Oh. And she had a, a huge career on, on radio, radio and TV, right? Yeah. And it was his sister, but she didn't. She didn't. I don't. She she do the promos and media campaigns. No, she just. Uh, she was a uh, political analyst, wasn't she? For uh, was it CBS? She or? didn't. She didn't get behind him like that. Uh, no, but he no. He was a he, had, he was a and he was one of these ten grand a month lobby guys uh-huh. that you pay. I mean, this is back in the nineties. Or ten grand is a lot of money a month. They, they you paid them to keep an eye out for you in Congress, whether in some committee was slipping something there about you know banning option trading or something. You know, it was his job to to make sure that that the a let you know about it and b find out a way to get it out of there. Oh, I found the latest poll. It's Dallas uh, twenty six, Johnson twenty, Lightfoot eighteen or nineteen, and then Garcia sixteen. So I, I'll bet Lori beats uh, Johnson. Lori beats Johnson. Yeah. Okay. What do you want to bet? I bet you a nice about, series. How about uh, two Malort shots? I don't like Malort. Exactly. Well, you make me you make me <laughs> gag on this stuff. Fine, fine. You do the Malort. I'll do something oh, that God. you pick. Oh God! 
<laughs> S&P futures up 14, Nasdaq futures up 53. Be right back, Professor Helsner. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. There's something happening here. Welcome back, Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Howell. We have. We have Andrew on the board working feverishly to try and get this thing working with while we're he's, he's fixing it while we're doing the show, so proud of him. Double duty. Double duty, and we have Greg Pappas there in the covering for whoever can't get in, and we should have Al Snar in a second. SP Futures up 12, Nancy Futures up 44. Uh, we have the stacks that are, uh, and I've, now I've got Target down a buck, so nothing really moving. The stuff in the Goldman Sachs is up. They're all over CNBC this morning. The CEO's saying, oh, he's got it all figured out now. Uh, Chevron Texaco is up 218 because we got oil up a little bit. Uh, other than that, nothing crazy. It's got another looks like another inside day here, uh, Greg. At least so far. And let me know when you get Hal. No news is good news. Yeah, no huh? news. Well, I, you know, it's after last week, which was which was really bad. I mean, on the market, uh, that this we've had yesterday was a little bit of an up day. Just give everybody to. Uh, review. It's not really bad until you have to pay sell and pay taxes. Um, you're not one of these guys that says uh, one thing. The, I'm gonna I'm gonna say there's 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 two things that separate Greg and you're a professional trader. It's two things that separate professional traders from others. 
is one is drug addiction. Uh, that could be or drinking heavily. At least I never. You guys used to drink during the day. The t- what was the T-shirt? Don't drink and, and trade small. <laughs> the, uh, but I mean, there's the, a selection bias in the, in the wares of those T-shirts. Well, I wasn't on the floor a week, and then some some old crotch who probably is younger than I am now came by and told me, "Son, if you want to make money in this business, don't ever remember what you paid for anything. It, ah. doesn't, it doesn't make any difference." And wisdom, the, words it, of wisdom. It's. I mean, one thing you can say about a uh, prof- professional trader is. Obviously, when you trade during the day and you got all these trades you're doing, you re- you remember what you paid for something. Yeah. If you paid a buck for something, you sold a buck and, or a, and you sold it at seventy five cents, you're not happy. But the next day, you look at your positions, and you and, and the, your new price is l- last night's close. Yeah. And from and that's where all you make your decisions from. You look at your position and you say, for better or for worse. For better or worse, everything you know, starts short there. attention span. Yeah, everything starts there because. Uh, and, I, and I went when I was a uh, well, I just got out of, of uh, I just got a grad. School. So if you write a covered call, what's your price? Is well, it, you, does it go down or does it still stay at the? Well, if you have a covered call, you, that's the hardest one of the hardest things to do when dealing with retail clients. Well, if I buy a stock and it's a hundred dollars and I sell a covered call for three, what's my stock price? Well, it's, your net's ninety-seven. Okay, so then I'm happy. I got three dollars. Yeah, well, if you don't right, but but. That's not what usually happens when you're talking. What usually about, happens is a hundred dollars, and if it goes down one dollar, well, we're angry. No, if it, unfortunately, I'm going to say something about retail clients here, but it, you know, I guess when the truth hurts, a lot of times when you do a covered right. If if somebody gives you money, all right, and you buy, what am I looking at? Target. Okay, yeah, you're, you're buying. You buy Target at one sixty-five, seventy-five, and you sell the seventy calls. Um, hey, how are you with us? Yeah, I'm doing. All right, hang, hang for a second. I'm kind of in the middle of a quick story then about covered right. So if you buy Target, let's say 166, and you sell the 70 calls, and the stock goes to 72. Okay, you say this, you sold the calls at three bucks, and you bought the stock at 166. All right, so you're up six dollars on the stock, and you're down. Actually, you might be up a buck on the calls. You're fine with that. Now, if the stock goes to 180, because you're not happy anymore well, then, because then, you missed well, out. But now, FOMO. You're happy because you're up, you know, seven dollars in a week and a half. But if if somebody now somebody's going to tell you, my stock's going to two hundred. What are you doing getting in the way? I, huh. You know, okay. But so it's it's a question of of uh, and I I have I have people that are you know so. are, are are best friends. That'll say, yeah, sell some calls, but make sure that you're not there if the thing goes up. And you're going, you're you're selling somebody essentially the right to buy it at 170 when it's at 150 in your back of your mind should be like if, if it goes at 170 i'm happy with that but nobody ever is if it goes to 175 what are you doing now it's going to 200 oops so there's never one thing about a, a trader so uh, maybe you could take your you could take your uh credit that you receive from the calls and put it towards higher calls well that's you try and roll it up you try and roll it up and out which which we're actually very good at but if something runs from 70 to 110 in like a month no matter how good you are, you're going to get caught. But it's the person is up a lot of money, just not enough. So mm-hmm. that you know, therein lies the problem. But but one, the second thing about a trader is if you look at uh, you know Hal's tie when he goes into class, I'm sure Hal is the great, <laughs> world's greatest ties. I'm going to say it looks like looks like fifty bucks. I'll buy it at twenty five, and if somebody offers me seventy five, they can have it. You don't, you don't get in love with Hal's tie. 
it, you don't get in love with a market. You don't get in love with a stock. You don't. But retail people get get in I love with this stuff. I think that's just people in general. People in general. But yeah. I, uh, I was. We did a seminar. This had to be right at right right the right before the crash after 2000, 2001, Right. Uh, we flipped into the year two thousand. Was it March of two thousand one? We went flying down. And we did a we did a seminar. Hell, you love this in uh, the in the Bahamas. That's how how crazy people were for for learning about how to trade. Everybody's going to trade. Everybody's going to make a fortune. So we had a uh, this group had a, had a seminar in the Bahamas. So we a few of us fly down there. We weren't wasn't our seminar, you know that, that kind of thing. But we would talk about how you execute stuff when you call your broker, how you put the order in, all those kinds of things, what you should expect, how you can. How you can you know watch your order essentially get filled like in those days, and uh, anyway, so it was all about that, and uh, but there were people they started asking me about Micron, and Micron had gone from like you know ten to ninety something, same Micron that's there today, and uh, and I said you know if they want to know about covered rights, and I said well if you want to know you have to understand that if if you sell the hundred calls and it goes to one twenty the thing's gonna get called away. And everybody's like, well, I don't want my stock getting called away. And I said, well, things up from 10 to 95. I said, some, does anybody somewhere you want to roll over on a Monday morning and elbow wifey and say, honey, I think we're going to sell the Micron today. Enough's enough. Oh, no, man, it's just going up. I said, what, what if I give you 120 bucks for it, like, right now? See? You know it's worth 130 You're trying to steal it from us. <laughs> what one guy said. Things trade in 95. So there's, there's, there's no number at which anybody's satisfied. And then if you sell it at 95 and you bought it at 10, like I said, you're not even supposed to remember, and you think 95 is a, is a good price to sell it, what do you do? You do nothing but stare at Micron for the next two weeks, and if, it's, if it goes to 100, you're pissed off at your broker, right? Instead of saying, my grandfather, he, he it was just a, sounds like people. Oh, my, yeah. Yeah, my grandfather, of course, he was a, an immigrant, and, uh, and, he, and he was a railroad, he was a master boilermaker on a railroad, so the, old, the old steam engines and locomotives, the electric ones, and... Uh, he said, Tom, when you trade stocks, never be afraid to leave a little something for the next guy. And how many people have that attitude today, Al? You would just say, oh, I'm, <laughs> I need to get the top. If, if I sold it at 100 and straight 102, my broker screwed me or somebody screwed me, whoever my analyst is, right? Because I deserve the top. And I need to buy it at the bottom, you know, type of thing. It's, it's crazy. So, Hal, what are you seeing in, in your world, buddy? We're having uh, connection problems here, but this Zoom thing is working all right. I can hear you really well. Are we clear? You, uh, you, actually, Tom, your voice sounds really good on the Zoom. Yeah, I think it's I think it's better. Yeah, you got that. You got that. Like, I feel like you got that microphone from the nineteen fifties. That big, that big microphone that sits on the desk. Yeah, the big well, heavy one. Yeah, well, sounds really good. Yeah. Yeah, because you've been here. You were in town. By the way, do you still have? Yeah. Do you still have the motorhome? We still have the motorhome. We uh, bought a forty foot by sixty foot lot in an RV park down in Virginia. And I plan on taking the kids down there a lot during the summer, like for a week at a time. And, you know, campfire, hiking, they got swimming pools, they got basketball courts, they got a shooting range, they got a little nine-hole golf course that isn't much, but you can swing your clubs. You know, it's one of those courses where you take a two-putt because the greens aren't very good. But it's a a nice, fancy uh, driving range that you can walk. So if you're, yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. So if you're if you're like sixty yards away, you you, are, you have no conscience. You take the two put the two putt. Well, if the green is sixty yards, yeah. Yeah, I can only <laughs> imagine you. Thank God for this rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, so what's what, what's going on in uh, in your world? I mean, what, what do you what, what are people asking you? Uh, it's interesting. Well, in, Russell told in me my, last week oh. 
I was say Russell told me last week he's not gotten one question on crypto this whole quarter so far, and he's, that's all I talked about last year. Huh. Yeah, I haven't got any uh, questions on crypto, but we were talking about uh, electric vehicle uh, subsidies yesterday in my microeconomics class, and and I'm, I'm presenting this model, and I have the supply curve kinked. It's sloped up and then straight up because you know we were at capacity um, right after the pandemic, after the pandemic uh, kind of winded down. And I go, what happens if the uh, government um, gives us all a $11,000 subsidy to buy electric vehicles? And we go through the model, and when we're all said and done, I have this veteran in there. He's a real cool dude named Jimmy, and Jimmy kind of was shaking his head, and he's like, so it's a scam. <laughs> I go, yeah. Because Elon Musk gets all of it when yeah. supply is inelastic. He gets all of that subsidy. It doesn't matter if it's given to the, the consumer or the, the billionaire. The billionaire gets all of it in that situation. And he's uh, shaking his head. Oh, you don't know. This is going <laughs> to... We're, we're going to... Greg, if it's too far over, our regular listeners, you know, throw something across the table here. Um, how, how different does that, is that analysis, Hal, if I were to say... Uh, assume a monopolist, which they sort of were for a while. Assume an oligopoly, which they're kind of getting to be, or assume perfect competition. I'm going to say if it's if you give a subsidy and there's perfect competition, the the guy making the stuff is going to get a third to a half. If it's a monopolist, he's going to get all, like you said. What about in the middle? Or am I well, wrong with that? The uh, the key to it is how steep the supply curve is relative to the demand curve. So if in a situation where the demand curve is, you know, there's only so many physical goods you can make. So at some point, the supply curve goes vertical at that physical constraint. You can you can make a thousand watches a day, but can you make a billion? So no. at some point, there's a vertical line. And when demand is along that vertical line, doesn't matter who you tax, who you subsidize, uh, when you subsidize the consumer in that situation, it all, all of it goes to the uh, supplier. Well, if so you tax, if you, t- yeah. I would, I would get, I would get a, I'm going to get a C paper from you because I'm going to say even in, even in Tesla's situation where, let's say they were the only electric car maker for a while, they still had competition from the other stuff. So I'm going to say that he yeah. would get. Nine thousand of the eleven. He's not going to get all yeah. eleven. Yeah. Well, I, I think if he's the only one, also if he has an Apple situation, right? If, if he has an Apple situation where he's got these really loyal customers, and he's up against his production capacity, he can't build any more cars beyond this capacity. Then if he gets a subsidy, it's all of it. So Apple's in a really good situation because their their customers are really really loyal, and. Um, but, but the interesting thing is the next model we talk about is a situation where uh, supply is perfectly uh, elastic, where it's flat. Yeah. And that's a situation where you have with streaming or uh, Windows operating system downloads. In that situation, and Bill Gates thinks he discovered this, but the Austrians have known about this for you know, a century, I think. Um, but in that situation where your marginal cost is essentially zero, the cost of a, of additional download is zero. The cost of an additional uh, stream video is zero. I think what these companies do is they run these statistical models to estimate 
what we call elasticity, and they're going to pick a price where the elasticity is closest to minus one, because when the elasticity is close to minus one, they can't extract any more money out of that market. And so once they've done that, then they pick that price, and now the supply curve is perfectly elastic, like Bill Gates' article on LinkedIn, is perfectly elastic. Well, and that, in that situation, the, the marginal revenue and the marginal cost are both zero. So you think and revenues it, and profits are maximized? So is, is Hale teaching a great class here, Greg? You think or what? I'm thinking, um, what product bundle, uh, Microsoft or or Disney or whichever, is which product are you thinking of more specifically? Well, I just think in terms of like any product where there is no physical limit at all. I mean, there's no physical limit to how many downloads. I mean, it had so, to be. It had, yeah. uh, I mean, there would be. There would be. 100 million people have Office. No, I would yeah. use 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 a, use a text message as an example yeah. because there's because for a while there was a limit now there doesn't seem to be. I mean, yeah. Uh, so in a, in a situation where you got not everybody in the population is going to download at the same time. So essentially, for like downloaded material or stream videos, there is no physical limit to what you bump into. I mean, if everybody on the planet at the same time, you know, try to download. Windows, it would crash, right? But I'm, I'm talking about on the average given day, that's never going to happen. So in that situation, I think a, a company like McDonald's, or not McDonald's, uh, uh, Disney or uh, uh, Windows or whatever, whoever has a download uh, model with streaming or software, I think what they actually do is they, they estimate elasticities, they pick a price, and they kind of stick with it and then um, they are able to extract as much out of that market as possible at that price. And that's what Bill Gates was getting at in this article he wrote on LinkedIn a few years ago where he was saying, well, the marginal cost curve is not upward sloping for my company. My company is perfectly flat, and the marginal cost of initial download is zero. That's because he's a monopolist. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not just that. Um, there's no physical limitation. Like you can only push so many cars through a factory in a given day. Well, but right? it's, it, a lot of it has to do, help if we're going to keep the economics lesson going, which I obviously very interested in. But I think there's there's two things. Uh, one of it one of it is there's a big difference between a supply curve today and a supply curve a week from now or a year from now. Oh yeah, definitely. They're moving and they're shifting. Yeah, they're moving and they're shifting yeah. because, matter yeah. of fact, our man Greg here shifted me, shifted me, uh, Freudian Uh-oh. slip. He sent me a, a chart the other day. Uh, well, did he buy you drinks before he did that? Uh, last last night he snuck. <laughs> last week he snuck us one because they had some huge party going on in there. But uh, anyway, the, the, what he what he sent me was had to do was it was it corn or soybean? It was corn production, wasn't it, uh, Greg? Yeah, it was but it it, it like. Per acre, when uh, well, my my brother Dan was president of productivity. PTI, he would uh, he was he, he traded corn options over the board of trade for a long time before we formed PTI. And uh, I mean, and Dan's one of these guys that knows when he's going to study something, he you know really gets into it. So he you know he knew you know the different crops and the difference this and everybody's yield. And I'm going to say if, if we drag them in here uh, that back in this was like 1989 90. The the best farmer with the best year, what'd you say, Greg? One hundred and sixty bushels an acre. No, maybe yeah. maybe one hundred and fifty, <clears throat> and the average is probably one forty. Uh, and now here we are, 
the area has consistently you know been around however many acres but if you look at the productivity you'll see like from from the 1800s or whatever you know plus 500 percent to 1960 and then by the time you get to 2021 we're up 2000 percent all yeah. on the same oh, amount yeah. of acres well because yeah. when we started this show which has had to be 12 years ago we had a few guys on that were uh head of the corn growers association and stuff and at that time on, on the best of years and the best of spots you know the best acreage you could find which would be where would you say probably 50 miles southwest of chicago or something it's probably the best corn growing spot in the world right i mean put a there in iowa yeah, yeah. put put a, a 300 mile you know radius around that and you've got uh you know maybe more in iowa but i don't know if western iowa is as good but anyway it's i, I digress but i'm going to say now Average, we're at 175. But, I mean, average in those areas, there's been years. Above 200. There's above 200, which was unheard of. probably going to get 12 years ago, it was totally unheard of in the late 80s. I mean, you had had to have, you know, you had had to be able to call on rain when you wanted to and everything and keep, and have a little fence for to keep the bugs off in 89 to get 200 bushels, right? Right. And now, I mean, if you're not getting 200, there's something wrong with you. (laughs) In the good spots, yeah. Yeah, in the good spots in a decent year. So, I mean, it all, even in oil, I mean, oil's probably the best example. I mean, I mean, if you needed 20% more oil tomorrow, the price of gas goes to 6 bucks, right, Hal? If you need 20% yep. more oil five years from now, it's probably not up at all, or it's up yeah. a little bit. Cause it's quite, well, what I'm talking about is in the, in the now, not over the long run. In the long run, if you look at corn output, corn yields over a longer horizon, when the Native Americans were, um, were breeding a, a grain into what we now know as corn, the yields were even worse back then. Even a hundred years ago, when broccoli and Brussels sprouts and like six other vegetables that seem distinct today, they came from the same plant. So over the course of a hundred years, yeah, there's been a huge increase in yield and the yields are gonna get even better because they have AI technologies where they the AI senses if the plant is healthy or unhealthy, and it'll give the healthy plant a smaller dose of fertilizer and yeah. the unhealthy plant uh, a bigger dose of fertilizer, so it's going to get yeah, it's going to get incredibly productive. Didn't all those? Uh, I'm not a I'm not a Mr. Grow guy, but didn't all those broccoli and all that assorted stuff? Didn't they all start out as cauliflower? It was yeah, cauliflower, bro- broccoli, and then uh, Brussels sprouts all started out as the same plant. There's like eight of them that all start out the same plant, and over the course of 100 years, we got like eight different vegetables from the same plant. Yeah, I don't know how that all worked, but yeah, I've, I've heard that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to say, uh, I, I kind of like broccoli. I'm not big on cauliflower. Just saying. Oh, I, I like cauliflower. I like broccoli. I like uh, I like uh, Brussels sprouts too. Hey, I thought you, Brussels sprouts came out of a cabbage. Did you see the? Uh, I did too. Did you see the, the the latest commercial about the guy and his wife wanting to go to Vegas, and the kid wanted to come with? Vegas has lots of. Broccoli. Well, he has the broccoli. Everything. They have broccoli ice cream. They got broccoli milkshakes. And the kid goes, "I don't want to go to Vegas." The guy's like, "Yes." <laughs> God, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty clever, actually. So what? Um, so th- this kind of stuff all kind of works. How? How is it that uh, I sent you? You sent me that note this morning on inflation. How is it? I, I don't know. You, I, you probably want to listen the other day. Some lady. Oh, some lady. Some. Some female reporter from the CNBC who usually does a really nice job ran this whole thing about why there was no way less inflation in Switzerland, and she talked about hydroelectric power. She talked about everything under the sun, 
never once said, well, oh, by the way, in three years, they only raised their money supply 10% when everybody else raised theirs 40 Yeah. I mean, is, isn't that the only reason? I, I, so I suspect that's probably the only reason, but... Um, why, why is so the... Why, is, why is the rest of the... You're saying, why is the rest of the world so in denial of monetary theory right now? I mean, who, who, who bangs that bell every morning where you can't... Well, I, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I was listening to Mark uh, Bartolomo this morning before the show started, and she had somebody on from some bank, and um, uh, she was talking about uh, un- behind closed doors where the Federal Reserve chairs or presidents are talking, and one said, well, if we cause a recession, I think we want to cause a recession. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, that is crazy that a guy would just say we need to cause a real inflation to get inflation under control. And I'm thinking to myself, why is that? I'm, I'm thinking about writing a textbook in economics that illustrates how the company, whether they're doing it or not, the, the big corporations, the ones that are the incumbent firms with the cost advantages, uh, I think they kind of like all this stuff. They like They like taxes, whether it's on employees or... Uh, customers or themselves because it kicks out we have that dead weight loss triangle in economics and it kicks out the marginal firms the marginal employees the marginal business owners the bodegas it kicks out those marginal competitors so there's less competition for them and when I heard this Fed chair um, according to this uh, uh, bank economist when she said this Fed chair said, we need to have a recession. We're okay with having a recession. I'm thinking to myself, you know, who benefits from that? Cobono, who the benefits? Same, the same people all the time. The big corporations yeah. benefit because who? What, what does a recession do? It kills those marginal firms. Well, they're paying, three, they're paying 3% on their loans. The other guys are paying 7 Yeah, it, it just knocks them out of the marketplace, right? It, the recession causes unemployment. People lose their work, lose their jobs. They don't have the income that they once had. They can't buy from the bodega at 20% markup, which they normally do. They drive out to Walmart and buy their groceries instead, right? So I think what I think the reason why the Fed does this is because maybe this is not intended purpose, but it's a consequence. It kills those marginal firms. It, well, it closes them. I, th- I think somebody. Is, did. I, I think somebody. At that level, I mean, we've got three of us sitting here, basically sitting around BS and three of us. We have three of us sitting around basically tree. BSing about. Well, you're not BSing because you're an economics professor, but you know, and I've, I've read a few economic books in my life. I can't say fortunately, but unfortunately, hell, I mean, <laughs> the, the stuff we're talking about is it, if, if you were to get Jerome Powell or Bullard, Bullard actually is pretty bright. If you get those people on the show with us this morning. If they don't understand what we're talking about, why are they in the job? I would job? say they understand. I would say maybe. You know, I don't think some of them I do. Think they, I think they understand. You know what? I, I, it makes sense they're doing what they're doing. Uh, I don't. I don't think they understand the, the ramifications down the line because I don't think. I don't think they understand the effect on the marginal people, the people at the margin, the people never, in the deadweight loss triangle. They don't understand those people. They never. They never talk to them. They don't. They don't recognize yeah. them. They don't see them. Yeah. No. Ones that, I, okay. <laughs> I'll take the other side. Well, you I know think what? they understand completely, and they. Greg and I. Those people constantly no argue, and this is a, <laughs> this is somewhat of a. I'm not going to say a generational thing, but it's an, an experience thing. Yeah. There was a guy. I don't think he he's been dead a long time. I don't. He was a. Uh, I just say his first name was Silas. 
And the dude was a, uh, he was a big shot at the, uh, one of the, what's the bank, big bank in Philadelphia, the investment bank, Philadelphia? Uh, Al, used to be, what the hell was it? It was a Mellon, Mellon Bank. BNY? No, it was Mellon. Oh. Maybe back, back before all the mergers took place. Is that, is that Rodney Dangerfield's bank from uh, back to the back to school? <laughs> but he, he, he was there, and he no. was one of the big shots. He, I don't think he was the chairman, but he was one of the big shots. So the guy at Pullman, McDivitt, the astronaut, leaves. He was the head of Pullman. So they bring in this guy to head Pullman. The guy's here about two weeks, and he, he literally is at breakfast at the Chicago club, and he finds out somebody's making a bid for Pullman. God, I, Tom, I went right finished my breakfast and went right back to the office. I'm listening to this guy like, who is this guy? He goes back to be the Pullman. All of a sudden he had some shares. Pullman gets taken over by these, this firm. We write up a, a uh, and I was part of it, uh, Robin and I, she did the, tr- the uh, I did the analyst work, she did the treasury work. We write up this uh, five-year plan for Pullman. It was like, got talk about fiction, hell. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, we get we, we get all the divisions right in like their best case for five years, and I'm putting all these numbers together, and I go, yeah, these seem a little bit out there. And Robin says, what do you mean out there? Our, our, our borrowing line is, you know, say $300 million. For us to be growing this fast, we need a borrowing line of a $2 billion. We don't have anywhere near that. These numbers are all BS. <laughs> but they get, they get published to the Wall Street Journal. This place buys Pullman, right? Well, we we had Pullman Standard freight cars making a billion or a billion dollars in sales the next year. They were out of business. They closed it. That's how much different there was. So anyway, this guy he ends up being on the uh, the head of the Chicago Fed and on the board of the CBOE. I don't think the the dude's life. He was just he was a guy who was from uh, you know whatever, born with a silver spoon in his mouth. As his mother used to say, I'm sure he had the great education. He had no idea what was going around him at any level. At no yeah. level. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, at Pullman, he had no idea. Tom, I couldn't believe it. There I was having breakfast. <laughs> okay. I, I feel the same way. I feel the same way about these people that write these economics textbooks. When I read them, I'm like, they don't really understand. They they talk of these average consumers. They don't understand that when you interfere in the marketplace and you create a shift in supply or a shift in demand, whatever, however you want to do it, you know, tax subsidy or whatnot, you're affecting people at the margin. But they kind of like look at a demand curve and they just kind of see uh, just average people. They don't, they don't put faces and names on those people. And what I do in my class, I populate the demand curve from LeBron James on the left down to me on the right because I don't have a high willingness to pay for anything. And then I connect the dots, and I go, now you, 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 you do that, you put everybody in this queue along the demand curve, and it get, it start, you start to understand when you impose a minimum wage or you tax the firm or tax the, the uh, consumer, all of a sudden, the businesses that are killed that are in the deadweight loss triangle, well, the ones that are be- kicked out of commerce, are, are affected by as this. A politician, well, are affected by this. As a politician, we got to go break here. You have, okay. to, you have to be careful on the... And the minimum wage. If if the market rate is twelve, and you raise the minimum wage from nine to ten, you can get all a million. Oh no, no, million, no, yeah, yeah. You, I'm talking mi- about binding minimum wage. Yeah. Well, we, by the way, when you say you're uh, you don't like to spend a buck, as my uncle used to say, if you like the guy, he's careful. If you're not, he's just downright cheap. I'm not cheap. I'm frugal. 
<laughs> if you like the guy, he's frugal. <laughs> you know, he's, <laughs> SP Futures only up six down as if he's up 13. I don't know if I trust this really. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you are aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we have always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. Hello, back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Al. We're great Pappas in studio, helping out because he knew with the technology and also, in case people couldn't call in, he was covered for people, so thank you, Greg. SP Futures only up three and a quarter, and SP Futures now down 350. Uh, this rally's having trouble hanging on here. Uh, Dow Futures up 87. Like I said, the only thing I've got really moving, CVX, because oil's up, is up 234. Uh, otherwise than that, the Dow's kind of a mixed bag. Got Caterpillar up a buck. Uh, nothing, nothing crazy over in Europe. These guys were up huge yesterday. Dex up 43.3%, FTSE down 35.4%, Kek around up 15.2%, up so kind of mixed bag over there. Renasia, Nikkei up 21, call that flat. Hang Seng down another 157, 
2.8. Maybe Hal's going to explain to me what in God's name is going on over there or Russell tomorrow. Now we're under 20,000. 14.5 to 23.5, now to 19.7. Crazy stuff. Shanghai up 21.7% uh, yesterday. Dow was up 72. S&P up 12. NASDAQ up 72. Quiet day. Flipping back and forth. Uh, you know, it was uh, not the world's best day to the upside after a horrible week, but at least it was up. Uh, bonds up three basis points, 3.95. Again, we're inching toward this four number. Uh, the Bund up another nine, 2.67. They were in danger of going under two a couple of weeks ago, not anymore. Japan right there, 0.50, which is the, the highest of the Japan government says they're going to let it go, and it's right there. So we'll see if they up that or what they're going to do. Uh, oil up a dollar seventy-seven as we thought, two point four percent, seventy-seven forty-five. Brent up a dollar forty-three, eighty-three eighty-eight. Natural gas down six cents, two sixty-six. Gold had a decent day yesterday, giving it all back today. Gold down nine fifty, eighteen fifteen. Silver up down ten cents, twenty sixty-five. Not sure what's wrong with gold, but nobody wants it. Uh, crypto up one hundred twenty-two, twenty-three thousand three eighty. And we got the U.S. dollar uh, down a little bit again. The British pound actually down 0.4 percent. To 1.21 uh, on the uh, well, the pounds up, the dollars down. Euro is almost unchanged at 1.06. Andrew, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports. Andrew, Andrew, are you alive? He must be trying to get hell back on or something. Um, while he's, uh, we don't, we don't. Oh, whoops! Sorry, oh, yeah. I'm here. I know you're doing all kinds of other stuff today, so. <laughs> yes. So you're multitasking over there. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. And speaking of which, our Zoom meeting is going to end in 10 minutes, so we're going to have to restart that soon. But <laughs> before that, uh, yes, our little break here. Uh, it is 7.38 here in Chicago, February 28th. Uh, last night, the Blackhawks lost to the Ducks, ending their game 4-2. to two. Uh, but tonight, we can look forward to the Blackhawks playing the Coyotes. At I'm not looking forward to it at all. Patrick Kane's no... Evidently, they're going to get a second-round pick for him, Greg. Is that bizarre? No. And tonight, the Bulls are going to be playing the Raptors at 6.30 p.m. Uh, now, with Chicago weather, it is currently at 38 degrees. Uh, cloudy skies. Going to have a high of 47 today. Over in Phoenix, they're at 42 degrees, clear skies, and they're going to have a high of 64. Now, finally, for Chicago traffic, a lot of red today, especially if you're coming in from the north side, um, but only one accident to report. It's on the inbound Eisenhower near, that it is, Independence Boulevard, and it's an accident on the left shoulder. It's causing some delays, but there's heavy red on basically every inbound expressway, so probably wouldn't make that much of a difference anyway. I'd turn back if I were you. Yeah. So that's all I got. Back to you, Chief. What uh, Hal? What is uh, what do you make of this? I was I was asking Andrew on the way in, and Greg too. What, what do you make of this this congressional ban on TikTok for like uh, well, some states now are not having an an uh, state devices. How does anybody know if anybody gets rid of TikTok if it's a state device? First of all, who gets a who gets a device from their 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 job? I guess a lot of people do maybe. But I mean, how do you, how does anybody know what's on there? Can you tell? We still have hell. Oh, there you are. Sorry, still learning the new system. No problem. <laughs> Let's see. Am I on? Yes. Can you hear me? There yes. we go. There you go. Okay, cool. All right. Um, regarding the uh, devices at the state issues, uh, I find that kind of interesting because I've never been at a job where they give me a phone or a tablet or anything. So, uh, 
So I have no idea how that works. Um, I, I don't understand why it's such a big deal. I mean, maybe it is a big deal, but I think you know the Chinese, if they want to gather information on Americans, that they can do it probably ten different ways. So I'm not really too concerned with TikTok personally. Well, I'm just not. People well, were well, very concerned with Chinese spy satellites, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not well, trying to figure there's, out there's, how that's not. Yeah, you know, their their satellites are. There's satellites above us right now. Or not satellites. Uh, Chinese spy balloons. Balloons. And yeah. then meanwhile well, we're sitting I, here with yeah, TikTok. I think the I think their satellites are their low orbit satellites are probably gathering just as much information. So uh, to me, if uh, I'm 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 not a, I mean I'm sure we're probably doing it to China too. So oh right. um, without a doubt. Yeah. So I mean do I mean we do it, but other company uh, countries can't do it. We're we're not engaging in cyber warfare. Other countries are. Is our cyber warfare not uh, as damaging as other countries' cyber warfare? Are our satellites damaging? Not damaging, but other countries are. I mean, we're, all these countries are doing this stuff. So, I mean, it's just kind of the reality that we live in. But we're, so, we're, we're also, I mean, we don't, well, we don't, we, we, we've managed to fight a lot of wars. Uh, some yeah. of them we probably... Oh, they love to fight wars, don't they? But, it, but the, we, 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 ne- we never... This one, no matter what, even though I obviously uh, as a child of the Vietnam era, I mean, I just I shudder when I think of that. Uh, we we don't really decide. We we're not we're not like Russia that says that that's a pretty nice country over there. Let's just go get it. And we don't care how many people we kill. We've never we've never really done that, and I don't think we ever will. Well, I mean, I we didn't really. I mean, we didn't really. We didn't really want to take over Vietnam. We do that for the resources. Yeah. Chief. You know, yeah. Well, we have. Well, I, well, we, we do it in a more benevolent way, right? We well, uh, yeah. secure property rights for American and British corporations to pump oil out of the ground. So I think it's just different. Well, yeah, but it's also, I mean, it does help in some ways. I mean, I, I know it, a lot of this stuff, a lot of it, Hal, it's, it's really weird. I mean, I, I'm with you on this stuff. And, and you, by the way, you and I could have adult beverages for a month talking about Vietnam. You know, I mean, uh, yeah. what a fiasco yeah. that was. Oh, but, yeah. I, but I'm going to say when... Uh, the Export Import Bank. They're going to go back to my Pullman days, and, and Robin was involved in a lot of this, because uh, Kellogg, which is you know Kellogg, Kellogg Brown, Brown and Root, Kellogg was actually a division of Pullman back then, and so was uh, Pullman Swindell. Swindell does. Uh, they don't call them chimneys; they're stacks. Like if you put a huge power plant up, the stack was made by Swindell. Putting up a like a 300 feet in the air, you know, we use the word chimney, is is not a small feat. I mean, it's, I mean, with the wind and everything else, and the heat going up that thing—that's a that, the technology of that is something that's you know you wouldn't even think of it, but it's spectacular. Anyway, but what Pullman used to use, say someplace you know it's a long time ago, so even maybe uh, you know Iran or somebody back when they were in our good graces might want to put up a, a refinery. Well, they didn't have the money, so. Kellogg is a design, designs like refineries and stuff. They're in a massive engineering firm, but they don't really put them up. But now Pullman would have would actually go through the Export Import Bank, and they would say, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna borrow money from there." And uh, now you've got a you've got a facility where you're you know you're refining oil, so it's gonna make some money. So you're gonna have you know it's like a it's like a dam for God's sake. You're gonna get you're selling electricity. You're gonna get money back from it. So it actually was a way to advance. You're right, U.S. companies, but the the country couldn't do it on their own. So we essentially got the financing. We, be the U.S., do the import export bank, got the financing, and, and Pullman did all that. They did all the financing for these guys. They 
They managed the construction, even though they didn't do the construction. So out of a $100 million refinery, Pullman probably got $10 million for consulting fees and design. The other 90%, they just flowed through. So, But at the end of the day, you're going to get some maintenance. Hopefully your people over there are going to act normally and not, you know, not just pillage the place. So in, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, shall we say, goodwill and everything else, I don't know that it was uh, it was so bad. I mean, yeah, some company Kellogg made out like it. Probably people put it together, but I'm not so sure that that's horrible. Hell, I mean, if you do it in the right way, do you? Well, I don't think it was done in the right way. I mean, well, originally after, it was. Originally it was. Yeah. I mean, after it, World War after World War One, you know, they they put together this League of Nations. They go up and carve up the Middle East. We get we get these uh, property rights. We're taking the oil out of the ground. We're putting peoples together in these. Uh, haphazardly designed borders and our intervention for a hundred years over there is the reason why we have this war on terror or had the war on terror I'm not sure what the war on terror is now but we keep intervening in these other nations internal business and affairs and it creates animosity and you know so I'm not in favor of this and, and going back to the Russia thing if if right. uh, Russia had part for a second uh, the, oh yeah, sorry. Zoom is about to close in like thirty seconds, so okay. I got to kick you off for a second, and we'll get you right back okay. on. Oh god! <laughs> to give you an idea of how how much uh, Fluor makes, I'm looking for their revenue right now. I think in 2022, Fluor Corporation had 14.16 billion in revenue. Okay, man. Yeah. But a lot of that there's a the, but their but their margin is nothing like a Microsoft or an Apple or something. You put up a. I, mean, I, I, used to, I used to do railroad car bids. If Pullman made ten to twelve percent, that was a big number. That, that's what people. They, you would you would never, uh, you know, you would never sell an iPhone for a thousand bucks. It costs you three hundred. That would be that would be heaven. And, and, and he, when Floor puts, you know, by the way, Floor put in the massive uh, Stickney water treatment plant. Yeah, and all the people the did. I know purple line modernization. Yeah, uh, up but, north. But I know, I know the guy who uh, was one of the foremen on it. Uh, lives in Ogden Dunes. I'm going to say that if that plant cost 100 million dollars a time. Are you talking about the water reclamation district? Yeah, yeah. Really? They're they're huge. My dad worked there. You know, these. No, I'm talking about when it was installed. The one in Stickney. Yeah. The big monster one. The. Uh, I'm going to say that uh, if Floor made eight to ten mil on that, I'd be stunned. On a hundred million dollar. The margin on this kind of construction is nothing like, you know. I think their their profit is a percent or so. Yeah, well, maybe I'm, less. I'm probably maybe, but I'm saying if if you put together, I mean, what do you? Andy's back. Well, you're back. Hey, you're, you're in and out. Yeah, we're right back, right? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> actually, you know, I did I did know a, a guy a, a guy. Uh, he was a floor manager in the CBOE, and then the company um, I, don't, I don't know what company it is, might have one of one of the big uh, securities firms, and he went to. Uh, Boston. When he came back, he'd have he'd have the two cell phones on the, and the company demanded that they have uh, what was the one that was really secure? The BlackBerry. Blackberries were. Yeah, the company the company demanded they issued everybody a BlackBerry for the internal memos and stuff, and we'd, we'd be sitting over with series, and that thing just kept buzzing all night long because you had to keep you had to keep the thing open till like midnight, where you were getting every text and every email from like all over the world in the country, and the thing never stopped. If you actually read every one, you couldn't eat, you couldn't sleep, you couldn't do anything. Was it like Barney's uh, cell phone after the Super Bowl on How I Met Your Mother? Oh, but, but the BlackBerry <laughs> just sat on the table. The table was vibrating the entire time. 
you know, so that's that's it, Barney's phone number. Yeah. Barney Barney Stinson on the Super Bowl. He shows all these girls on the Super Bowl a sign that says "Call me," and he's using it to hook up with girls in New York City. <laughs> and the God. thing rings and rings and rings. <laughs> Did, were there pictures in there? Or was it like Snapchat or what's no? Going? He would just he would be with the girl that he just hooked up with that called him, and then he was like get another phone call, and he had talked to that girl while he was with another girl, and he it couldn't stop because he always thought the next one was gonna be even hotter. Oh, the thing just rang and rang and rang and rang. You ever seen a T-shirt looking for 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 a woman with bass boat? Please send picture of bass boat. I haven't seen that, no. <laughs> I saw that somewhere. <laughs> you, have, you have to send me a picture of it. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Right, back back to economics. What what uh, what right now can can the Fed really do? I mean, uh, they can. I think they can. They're, they're trying to ignore the price level and just say it's okay, and hopefully we grow into it. Yeah. I don't know if the, I don't know if that's the right now. Carl's absolutely convinced that's the wrong strategy. You got to bust it up right now because you got eighty percent of the people. Need the price of a car to come back from forty thousand to thirty, or are never going to own one. Uh, I don't know. I'm not so sure how you do that necessarily without really causing a problem. If if you don't ne- if you cut back on the money supply growth for a little bit, if your economy's growing, unless you really get into the point where nobody can nobody can borrow anything, which they're not even close to being, I don't know that you that you put in recession. I think we've been in a recession for three four years, maybe ten from. For a big part, I'm going to say, 50% of the of the population has been in recession f- since 2008. Um, in the last three years, I'm going to say 80% during COVID war, and I'll bet now we're back down to 50. Some people have come out, some people haven't. Uh, a lot well, of the, I was see. looking at data for this presentation I'm going to give next uh, Monday. Um, we're going to try to sell our data analytics boot camp, and I was looking at the salaries. You know the top ten salaries after you graduate, and I'm thinking to myself, these are the same salaries that we had back in 2009 and 11 when I was trying to sell people on economics. The top ten salaries right out of co- college aren't like 50 percent higher. No, they're, they're they're probably maybe at best 10 percent higher. Well, if, I if was you're actually shocked, I was shocked. I think if you're at, in uh, computer engineering, there's a few spots where I think. They've kept well, them. but I was looking at I was looking at the whole list, right? And I'm, I'm comparing it to what I remember back in 2009, uh, 10ish, and I'm, I was really shocked about the the high average and the lower average on the top ten list. And it doesn't seem like it budged much. It might have increased on every one of those averages, maybe maybe ten percent at most. And we've had probably what 60, 80 percent inflation since then. So. I, Oh man, the, the people that get right out of college, maybe the one reason why they can't afford to buy a house is because those average salaries really haven't well they haven't kept budged. Up. They haven't budged. They, they haven't even budged. They haven't budged at all. It's, I was really shocked by that. And then on top of that, you have the 10-year minus the 3-month still a negative territory. It hasn't been this low since like the 80s. And ha- then on top of that, has technology passed uh, petroleum? Didn't petroleum used to be the highest paying the engineers? Yeah, engineers have always been generally the top, you know, civil, electrical, electrical, mechanical are usually in the top three or four, always. Wow. Um, and it depends on which list you look at, too. But then then on top of that, you have the five-year break-even break inflation rate, the tip spread. The tip spread was zooming up until, uh, 
when did it stop? When did it stop? It was zooming up until uh, March of last year, March and April of last year. Then it kind of fell. Now it's going horizontal, and it's higher. The tip spread is higher than it had been in the previous like eight years. So we still got this. Investors still think we have future inflation. The the yield curve is heavily inverted, and then on top of that, Target. You know, Target was talking how they Target this morning beat estimates, and I'm looking at their numbers. It's not that when you look at it, it doesn't look that great. They have a 1.9 percent increase in sales year over year, but it, when you break it down to digital and uh, in-store, their in-store sales are higher. Their digital sales are down like three percent. What is that? What is that telling you? Why are people buying in the store than buying online? They've stopped buying the TV. They're not buying the electronics that they have shipped to their house. What's well, because if you they're don't, go- you ever go to Target or Sam's or something? You don't. You well, don't they're know. going to Target to buy the groceries. Yeah, but you don't I know. You don't, you, yeah, but you to- don't know what you want until you get there. Yeah, but you go to the Target now. I think to get the groceries. You're going to Walmart to buy the groceries. That's why Walmart's sales are kind of like not that impressive. They're not beating inflation. They're actually down in real terms. Why? Because they sell a bunch of wants, but the wants that can't be afforded. So they're buying these needs, and these needs are hard to buy. So even higher middle-income people are going to Walmart to buy groceries. So when you're going to Target, you might be buying some wants, but you're also buying your needs there. You're buying your groceries, and I think that's what's going on. Well, it's it it messes you up when when the numbers come out that are flat out lies. Because yeah. here's the number. And I don't I don't really I don't really believe this. This is I think this is, this is light. But I'm looking at this usdebtclock.org, and uh, they have median income now thirty five thousand seven thirty four. I'm going to say. I'm going to say that's 40. I think 35 is a little low. Median income 2,000 was 31.6. So however they did it both times. So let's say let's say it's up 15. That's not, that's the individual too, right? Not right. The that's the individual. Yeah. Median new home in 2000 was 162, and now it's 497. Yeah. So I mean, and it's probably come down in the last month. So say 480. But I mean, as 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 Carl's always talking, I. I would say, you know, for somebody who used to do the inflation stuff for Pullman, I don't think this, this the uh, the Fed, their PCE, if you look at the chart, Carl found me the chart, their their estimate of inflation on average the last three years is 4.7% a year. I'm going to say it's at least double that. So what, what happens, Carl, is on the one hand, I once in a while I'll, I'll read about a, a new... Uh, um, I think you, we you, should make our own inflation yeah. index. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> well, I mean, once in a while, I, I look and see, like, maybe if Caterpillar has a new union contract or something, I'll read a little bit about it. But you don't really get to read the thing, nor would I really want to read the whole contract. They don't make any mention of inflation clauses in those contracts. The PTI People's Inflation yeah. Index. But I'm going to say, what what if you were actually doing, I mean, back in the 70s when I was doing this, and we were, you know, raising the price of the railroad cars we were building from uh, for uh, Boston, Massachusetts Bay Transportation Authority. I maybe I was just too young. I didn't really have a bitch with the CPI. I mean, it, it looked to me like inflation was around twelve percent, and guess what? The CPI said twelve percent. You know, so when I was doing the calculations for the cars, I didn't have a real bitch with it. But I'll tell yeah. you what: if if I would have signed a deal with somebody three years ago to build railroad cars or a building or anything, and and I had a cost of living adjustment in there that was the the CPI, I don't see how I'm not out of business. If I had a yeah. if, I, if I had a twenty percent margin on on the project, 
I'm, I'm out of business. I, I, I'm, I, I can't make money at it. Because they're going to say it's 5% a year. It's got to have yeah. been 15 for the last three years. Well, see, these, these price indices, they get fed into the GDP numbers. Yeah. And right. if they're if they hold if they kind of like push them down on the low end then that inflates what real gdp is so that's why i agree with you i think we've been in a recession for a lot longer i, I think we've been in a recession for well every eight, every years. month every month they come out and say the average wages are up 0.3% and the inflation is up 0.5% guess what anybody in that chart is in a recession right yeah cuz they yeah. just lost that month yeah. Well, think about the people on the the average. You're averaging people on the high, the maximum salary, with the minimum salary. Think about the people on the low end of that distribution. They're really being pummeled, right? We well, so, are also seeing, and and, uh, and I don't know how you get uh, these statistics because, as Carl says, an establishment survey. If you're working two jobs, uh, the two jobs are counted, but it's you know from the establishment on a household, it's only one, but. You sit yep. there and say, okay, how the hell could somebody, if median income hasn't gone up that much, how, do, how are people surviving? Well, I'm going to say that what huge percentage of families now have two incomers? So husband and wife are both working. So that, that's how you're making ends meet. So your, your family uh, median income is probably close to 60 because two people are working. But well, you, one but might it, be working an extra job too. Well, but now I think you're reaching a point where you you find that the guy, not always the guy, not only is he working, the wife working, but on Saturday he might be doing taxes for people or doing something. Yeah. You know, which I bet there, there's a lot of under the table work in New York City. Well, I can guarantee you that. But, oh, but there's a lot of under. I guess table my work. point is, as Carl always mentions, what's what's your next? You can't go any further unless unless you have two wives, so you have three people working, or, or two husbands, right? That's not going to happen. So we're kind of at the limit. You can only have husband and wife combo. Only two people can work. I guess somebody can have two jobs, but other than that, we're we're kind of at the limit. I mean, and, and the, savings savings is going down. Yeah. debt is rising. People are probably getting close to being maxed out on their credit cards. I don't know if there's much room for growth, honestly. No, and I, and I think that, the, that somehow the the solution always is productivity. People getting a, a wage where where they can live and and maybe even save a little bit. Doesn't have to be you know a gazillion dollars, but it has to be something. You can't just keep raising all these prices and expect people to cope with it somehow. Because yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I think it's hard. Who's raising? Well, I mean, pick a number. Taxes, well, hospitalization. Saying, you say we we shouldn't be raising or we couldn't. Well, but it's just the, what happens in the market when you... Well, but you, you have massive concentration, baby formula. Okay, there's four companies. If there were 10, it'd be cheaper. I mean, look at the amount of, look at the amount of hospital. Do we know that? Uh the economic guys would tell you, but I'll tell you what: the hospitals, in uh, what in, I don't think I looked how many years ago, ten years ago, was an average an average stay was like thousand dollars a night. Now it's eleven. Hmm. Yeah, the, well, the hospitals have a nice, convenient law in thirty-four states to have these con laws that, you know, an entrepreneur sees those margins. They want to build a new hospital, staff it with doctors and nurses and whatnot, and the established. Hospital says we don't need the hospital. Right. We veto it. Yeah, we got all figured out. Well, for yeah. how many years? Milton, Milton Friedman, his, his, he always had two examples. He's like like me. He's always kind of stuck. But his two examples on competition were always cab, cabs when cities ran the permits. How many permits? And in doctors, because even then, 
Greg, the 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 American Medical Association, you mean the the doctors approved medical schools and how many you could have. So they never were going to say open 20 more medical schools so we want 400 more doctors a year because it would drop the price of doctors. Yep. And it's it's you know it's been that way like for all this stuff sort of forever. So uh, or, or they the make or they make the licensing income, they yeah. make the licensing more difficult. They yeah. add classes that aren't needed for the degree. What's and that's that limits the number of people income? who can be a nurse or what, doctor. What's your question, Greg? What's the real median income of people? Because I'm seeing anywhere from thirty thousand to seventy thousand. Well, seventy is probably family. Well, yeah, seventy is probably household. Probably household. Okay, so if you spend yeah. an average of I don't know five or six thousand on food, and then I think the average was around eighteen hundred a month for for rent. You get a total of like, I don't know, half your half well, how much your income are, how is mu- going to food well, and, how much it is, and if, rent. If seventy is the gross, what's the net? Well, I'm I'm trying to back into these food and and uh, rent expenses. I'm thinking like, you know, twenty one or twenty two thousand on rent, and then five or six thousand on food. And so if you're, I mean, there's still a lot of room for inflation. Well, I'm, 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 I'm but work back, fifteen percent off the top is is your. Medicare is your Social Security and all other stuff, right? Right. In, in New York State, it's probably fifty percent of your income. Wow, I don't think it. I don't think it's the seventy. And then thirty percent is tax, and then you're no, no. I'm going to say at least thirty percent is probably tax at every level. And so twenty. So I mean, yeah, if, inflation's if, going to keep going for another twenty percent. If if you if you, if you uh, we, so we're going to have everything. I mean, if you, if you have a guy come by and shovel your snow, if you want to deduct it and you pay the guy more than six hundred bucks, you got to give him a ten ninety nine. The government wants. Ninety dollars from the guy. They want fifteen percent. Bingo. Bingo. SP futures up five. Nasdaq futures up nine. Hell, thank you. Working our way through the uh, the technology here. I knew you would be a Zoom guy, so I knew you'd be easy. <laughs> we'll we'll keep working on this, and we'll have it we'll have it fixed in a day or two. Until then, we'll we'll muddle through. Uh, back tomorrow, stocks and jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.